0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Right, welcome to the Conference Telegraph p- Podcast, episode 8 of While We Sing Together. I'm delighted to say that um, I'm joined by uh, Sky Blue's favourite, Carl um, Baker. Over 180 appearances for the Sky Blue's Carl. 28 goals, is that about right?
1: Yeah, I sure believe. Um, you lose track of them, obviously and you play a lot of games but yeah uh, I think when I mentioned it on Twitter a few weeks back trying to find out how many appearances are made I think that's what the fans
0: come up with so and you've you obviously you follow the country you live in the city and you follow the Sky Blues um, while you're here um, and before you're be heading off to India um, next month but um, you've, you've watched them a couple of times in recent weeks I think you were at the Port Van game, and then again on Saturday at Exeter how do you think they're playing at the moment?
1: Yeah I think they're playing really well um, obviously it was great to see them pick up points away from home last night but the home form for me they, they look pretty solid certainly defensively they're, they're not conceding many goals and, and as a blade in front of goal with, with Jody Jones and that's only, they're looking dangerous so um, yeah it's been, it's been really pleasing to see
0: And they really had to sort of dig in against Battle, didn't they and sort of see that out um, when they went down to, to 10 men uh, later on and then on, on Saturday against Exeter I mean, what were your thoughts of well, let's talk about Paul Vale first, but then tell me what you think Think of uh, Exeter. I think Paul Vale was a difficult game to
1: play in, a typical lead two game, and, and there will be more of them throughout the season, definitely. Uh, I think Paul Vale and um, to play for the point, really, and, and the way they set up with two banks of four made it difficult, and it turned out to be quite a scrappy game, and, and Coventry couldn't really get any pass movement going. But, like I say, you're going to get games like that, and, and obviously. With the goal Jordan scored, and that game was fantastic. And I think to win games in that type of in that type of games, you need a bit of individual brilliance. And mm. I think obviously with the players, Mark Robbins has brought in. That's what he, he's been looking at. Someone who can. Who can Unlock the door in them tight games, and, mm. and like I say, the lads have been doing it so far. So, not made that continue, but,
0: but but again, I mean, in that game, in the last sort of ten fifteen minutes, I mean, it was like really the anime wasn't it? I mean, they were sort of really hanging in there, and again, that was a feature of last night, you know. Although Swindon had gone down to ten, minutes in you know, the last sort of ten minutes, seven minutes of stoppage time, you know, the, you know the ball was just being um, lobbed into the box, left, from right, and centre. Yeah, it
1: it did remind me of the game at Portsmouth so much, and I don't know whether it's because. Coventry are probably one of the favourites to go up in that league and, and obviously with a nice stadium and a nice pitch and mm. um, obviously just a big name in general in that league. Teams are coming and, and obviously they're happy to, for it to be 0-0 up, up until probably the 70-80th minute and then they'll lump everything forward and try and make a goal in the last 10 minutes. Um, mm. Obviously the fans expect Coventry to, to be winning games comfortably at this level Um, so when it does start getting to 0-0 with 10-15 minutes to go they can become a little bit anxious and obviously away teams are aware of that so I think their game plan will certainly be to to frustrate the fans, frustrate the players keep it as tight as possible not be very adventurous in going to try and score goals and like I say if they can nick a goal off a set piece or or pile a bit of pressure on them in the last 10-15 minutes when it does become that little bit more anxious then I think that's what they'll be trying to do but and the fans just need to realise that teams are going to set up like that they're not going to be the most pleasing on the eye of mm. games to watch but at the end of the day it's all about the three points and if they've been doing it lately obviously they've had back to back wins now and not the first time for this season so I think the players just need to keep patience and they have got players in the team who can have a moment of magic and win a game and hopefully that will continue throughout the season it's, it's going to be a difficult, long slog and, and mm. the defenders, the back four and obviously the keeper are, are going to be vital come, come these late minutes and late games and teams do start putting a little bit of pressure on looking it forward. Mm.
0: And What were your thoughts on Because the, uh, the Grecians, they, they turned up the Rico and they were unbeaten, I think, um, in seven games and I think they've they won six of those or seven out of eight games, something like that but Coventry were the first team to beat them. Did you think that they... Perhaps play didn't play very well on the on the day, or was it just that Coventry played that well that that stopped them playing?
1: Yeah, I think more so that um, I like Exeter, I like the manager. I think they're a, a very good team, and certainly last year when we played them, they were one of the better teams we came up against. <coughs> Obviously, we made a great start to this mm-hmm. season as well, so I think they'll be be up there from the end of the season. But for, for me, it was just Coventry didn't let them play. I've seen Tisdale's interviews after the game. and they agreed with what you said and it was refreshing to mm. obviously hear a manager in my opinion speak sense and speak um, obviously nice of the opposition which you don't hear too much but I think Coventry played well um, first half they, they pressed quite high and, and didn't let Exeter get any flow obviously Exeter's um, confidence must have been sky high um, but Coventry deserved a win certainly I think when you look back at the game probably for me they could have won three or four um, they had clear cut chances which unfortunately he didn't go in um, but they, I think I remember Exeter having one good chance mm. um, Ruben Reid at 1-1 which was a little bit dangerous and, and but it was nice obviously for Lee Bird to make a great save off that and then the lads turn the screw a little bit and go down the other end and score um, so yeah they did a good side but I think it, it, Coventry have got to take a lot of credit for that performance mm. um, and obviously I think they, they got, um, got beat again Exeter last night by I think it's not to county maybe, so yeah. I think you'll see that in this league a lot of teams will will go on a run of two or three games and, and then sort of fall away. There's not many teams who'll put a long run together. Obviously you look up in the championship and the premiership, teams will go on beating for a, a large amount of games but certainly at this level at league two I think if you can go on a, a run of three or four games that's mm. that's massive in, in this league because teams can all beat each other on the day and, and like you say, you don't see it often happening.
0: Yeah, we saw Dukan's on get um, the winner last night with a, a fantastic finish. I don't know if you've seen the highlights, but um, that's four goals in five starts for him now, um, on run from the Wolves. What, what do you think of him? What's your what sort of assessment of him? Um, I seen
1: his goal last night. It was an absolute great finish at yeah. um, White Swindon, as well as a tough place to go. And don't think Coventry done too well there in the past, so it was nice to see him get that get that goal there. Um, the game I watched him the extra I forty, he, he started off fairly slow and, and it looked to me like he was lacking a little bit of fitness. Um, mm. But certainly, if he's scoring four and five goals, then obviously his, his finish is not to be sniffed at. Um, he looked like one of them players to me who, who can win a game on his own and he can be frustrating at times. He's, you can see he's got ability and, and he's obviously a strong lad. Um, but then some things he does frustrate you. Um, but I'm not sure how old he is but I'm sure he's still, got, he, is he he's, he's still got time to learn and, and obviously under Robins, I think he'll be, be coaching him every day and, and he'll just become a better player as the season goes on and certainly with Doyle as well, Doyle will certainly be in his ear and, and helping him through it as well so I think it'll be a good experience and, mm-hmm. to come to and say we keep chipping him with these goals and certainly now he's, he's confident to be sky high I should imagine, hopefully mm-hmm. he can continue that but mm-hmm. Certainly for me, he is a player with with great potential and, and bags mm. of ability, but he just needs to keep working hard. And mm. um, Coventry fans, certainly, obviously love someone who, who scores goals, but they also love someone who comes off dripping in sweat and, and puts an absolute shift in. So um, I'm sure if he keeps scoring and, and starts working a little bit harder, then they they will they will love him.
0: Mm. And what about Max Bielme? Because he I mean he started off on fire. Probably had his best game yesterday um, at Swindon last night. And, uh, what, he's, he offers a little bit different isn't it something a little bit different
1: yeah what I've seen of him uh, he, he looks a threat in the air so I think certainly if you can get two two strikers uh, obviously playing up front with all the flick-ons that he's going to win and um, if you have a striker gambling off him there's going to be bags of chances there I know I was a striker and all those are strikers but like your Macknoltees and your Bevins and, and your Nazons and I'm sure they love playing with him because he seems to do a lot of unselfish work and, and like you say he put his body in and, and dropping a little bit deeper on there, holding midfielder. Um, he certainly tended to do that second half. The extra 40 he, he had a great second half there and like you say he's physically physically strong time just jumps well so mm-hmm. in this league set pieces obviously attacking and defending I think I think he could be a very useful mm-hmm. player. Um, obviously I didn't see the game last night but he's had another good game there then I'm sure. Them and they
0: may be able to hopefully get a good partnership going. Yeah. And uh, Jodie Jones obviously he's, he's um, uh, grabbed the sort of headlines and the limelight a bit um, pretty much this season. And he seems to really have come of age this season. I mean, he was a frustrating player last season because he got sort of all the ability, loads of sort of technical ability and pace, but there was often very little end product I mean, you know Whether it be the final pass or cross into the box or, or final shot or whatever, and lack of goals. But it seems to have come together then. Imagine a side with him on one side and you on the other. <laughs> <That> very <laughs> nearly happened, to be honest.
1: Um, but yeah, he's he's obviously a match winner. He's I think every time I look on Twitter or pick the paper up, he's in team of the week and deservedly so. Yeah. Um, he's he's a lad with bags and bags of potential. Again, he can be frustrating at times, and, and for me, I'd like to see him involved in games a lot more. Um, I think in the Port Vale game, you can see every time he gets the ball, he looks like he's going to produce something, and, mm. and he's the biggest threat on the pitch but just doesn't get on the ball enough he can go 10 minutes without touching the ball and for me I'd like to see him have that licence or for himself just to go and wonder and, and if the ball's not coming to him go and get on it because when he's mm. on the ball it's, that's probably too dangerous in the final third mm. um, again second half the Exeter he got a lot more of the ball, it was I don't know what Robin said, a hard time but it looked like every time the lads got the ball he would, they were looking for him and trying to get him on the ball and that's what I'd like to see, he's got a come out of a shell and demand the ball now he's like I say he's got so much potential and can win a game on his own and I know for the fact opposition teams will, will fear him when they do all their work throughout the week playing Coventry 90% of their focus will be to stop Jordy Jones and um, that's a compliment to him really
0: so um how does he deal with that because you must have been a targeted player having teams double up on you and all that sort of stuff how does a young lad like that he's still only 19 how does he cope with that I
1: think he's going to have to get used to it because it will probably happen more often than not in this league certainly Um, but again you've just got to to keep trying and and don't get frustrated there'll be times where um, you've got the ball and you feel like you're you're surrounded um, but he's just got to keep patient he's, he, for me he will give the ball away a lot more than other mm. players just because he's going to be targeted and, and people are going to be doubling up on him um, but you can't let his head drop he, for me I prefer to give the ball away trying to pass forward than pass backwards and keep it safe so I think for me a couple of times I've seen him where he has doubled up and he's come back and kept it safe and there's not, there's not I've not got a problem with that personally but for me I would like to see him all the time they're getting at them even if they double up on them just trying to always think forward and be positive and finish with a shot all across. Mm-hmm. Um like say there will be times where really he does give away and he does get tackled and, and the fans will get a little bit frustrated but I guarantee you, if he does that nine times go to ten he's gonna he's gonna produce most games. Um but say it's, I think when they played Blackburn, you know, seeing Mobury doing an interview and he was saying that obviously teams will start doubling up on him and that's what they tried to do and, and he had a quiet game but mm. For me, he's to, That's where he's got to drift and Realise that if, he's, if if he's got two people marking him, then he's got to he's got to be more lively and, and maybe switch pitch at the side and drop in a little bit deeper and make forward runs and just if they're marking him, just drag them all over the pitch and, and obviously it'll create a lot of space for other players.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I want to ask you about one of your old mates, <coughs> excuse me, um, Michael Doyle, because um, he's been a, a hugely influential figure, which comes as no. Surprise to anybody, really, not least uh, us. But um, uh, how important do you think that, that his partnership with with Liam Kelly, who's you know who's been captain at the previous clubs that he's been at as well, and he's got a bit of experience. So, I mean, how, how do you think that that partnership? How important is that in in the city midfield? I think it's very important. And
1: um, the games I've seen of them, they they seem to link up quite well. And um obviously with Doyle being left footed and Kelly being right footed, it, it, the balance is good. Um, I like the fact that Robbins has obviously looked at experienced players and and players who've been captains at other clubs, so he'll be a leader within himself, Kelly, and and when I spoke to Doyle about him, he said he's a good player and he he likes playing with him. so um, I think they will feed off each other, and and certainly, obviously, the Coventry have had a great defensive record, um, and the back four have got a lot of credit for it this season, but I think with them two sitting in front of them, we'll, we'll certainly be playing a big part in them playing sheets as well.
0: And and they sort of, you know, they know one will sit and then one will go forward and they know when to do that at the right time. And then Doola, um got on the score sheet last night, you know, to, uh you must have been delighted to see that go.
1: Yeah, I, I give him a message. Um, I was made up when I seeing that, so um, he doesn't score too many. But when he does, it's always late runs into the box and um, I was delighted to see him get on the score sheet. Um, Obviously, as for that, that link-up with, with either Doyle going or Kelly going and the other one sitting, that, that's just through experience. Mm. I think if you put two young lads in there, there might be times where they both go or they both stay, but I'm sure, mm. obviously, they've, they've got so many games, obviously, under the belt now that they, they realise the situations. and Certainly, Doyle with the exit of the second half. I thought he was, he was unbelievable. He was, was like a shield in front of the back four and everything that coming to him. The, the ball was like a magnet to him and mm. he just... Seems to clear everything and I'm sure the back four love him obviously sitting in front of them because it makes their job easier um, in that game Kelly made some great third man runs and um, he nearly scored a couple of times as we, as we, as we did before Vale as well so um, I think it's a good combination and like I say there's, they don't really drift out wide or lose the position so it gives the, the wingers a licence to be able to drift a little bit more and, and maybe make a few forward runs because they know they've got the security of, of Doyle and Kelly behind them mm. What makes him such a good captain? Do you think he's just a leader? Um, obviously, his professionalism is is top notch. He's, he's always first in and last to leave, and he doesn't never miss a training session. Um, he trains the way he plays. He never misses a gym session. Um, he doesn't go out on the last show or anything like that. He's a, he's a very good professional, um, and I think certainly with the younger lads, he will on the training pitch. He will always. Go over to them and, and obviously try and give them some help and advice. And on the flip side, you will you will also give them a telling off. But for me, that's in that's his way of trying to help them. And I think the younger lads will probably say Doyle is on the case all the time. But that's just because he cares and, and obviously he wants them to progress. And I think you've got to start worrying when he's when he's not on the case or he's not giving you a telling off because obviously then he doesn't care. But he's not that type of lad. He he just wants everyone to do well and and obviously place of the badge, and I think this season certainly when I've seen him so far he's, he's been great.
0: And he's a, It goes without saying he's a tough competitor I mean he's the sort of player that you want on your side every time and, and you hate to play against him I mean you must have played against him a few times have you? Yeah I've played against him um, several
1: times um, the first time was at Ellen Road that leads away and within the first five seconds I've he said the run into his elbow but I see a little bit difference yeah. <laughs> He's obviously lifted his elbow up straight into my face and welcomed to me to Ellen Road. So That was when uh, you
0: Southport, was it? Uh,
1: Stockport, southport, Stockport, Stockport, yeah. Um, so, um, obviously, when you're playing against him, you've always got to be aware of where he is on the pitch and you know, he's going to try and frustrate you and annoy you and pinch you off and stand on your feet off-throw. Anything he can do to get away with on the pitch, he will do. He's master uh, of the dark arts. Yeah, yeah. I always remember one time as well, I was playing for Coventry at the recall against Sheffield United and. Coventry had a corner, and Doyle was trying to grab me and pinch me, and I've sort of spun round and, and caught him in his in his mouth with my elbow, and um, sort of thought to myself, oh my God, going to he's going he's gonna to smash me next time we get the ball here? And as I turned round, all his mouth was pouring with blood, and I was like, oh oh no, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to absolutely smash me, but to be fair to him as I was running out the box he's, he's running after me and he's tapped me on the shoulder and said I love that I don't mind that life." whilst licking the blood off his lips and, that. <laughs> <laughs> and then after the game I had a chat with him and he, he's one of the lads who obviously gives it but he can take it as well and yeah. he's not one of the lads who if you give him a kick or, or give him a bit back I think he actually enjoys that um, so uh, ever since then I thought he's, he's a good lad and he's not one of these lads who just tries to kick it and, and then doesn't take it
0: back himself yeah. so Mm. He's 36 now, and he just—he still looks. I mean, I know this is one of your pet hates that you know that uh, football managers being ageist, but you know he's just so fit, isn't he? Fit as a butcher's dog, a bit like yourself, really. I mean, you're not quite 36, but you know, how long can he? What's the success? A secret of his success with being so fit, and how long can he go on?
1: I think it's just obviously over the last probably 10, 15 years, he's never missed any training sessions or games, really. Um, He's never had any serious injuries, he he doesn't drink, he he obviously eats well, Um, he he lives for football, his life is football, so um, like you say, by not missing his training sessions or not missing gym sessions, it it stands him in good stead to go into the games then, Um, plus obviously with him being the type of lad he is, I think he played a a fracture in his shin when he was at Portsmouth, Um, I've seen him play with big bruised dead legs and stuff so it takes it takes a lot for him obviously to miss a game. Um, which I think managers obviously appreciate. They, they know he's gonna he's gonna give everything he's got um, whether he's injured or, or, or fit or whatever. So um, yeah he's it doesn't surprise me that he doesn't he doesn't miss many games. Um, he knows how to look after himself and, and like I say it's he's a good example for the younger lads.
0: And I guess avoiding injured I saw an interview with Gareth Barry, you know, it was like that's incredible Record in the Premier League, um, but he was sort of saying, you know, what, he was asked a similar question, "What's the secret of it?" And he was sort of saying, "Just being you know, part of it, has been incredibly lucky, and not getting a, a serious injury."
1: I think I think that is because it tends to be when you when you do pick up a serious injury, you see it with lads who do suffer with serious injuries. It has a knock-on effect then, and you tend to pick up other little niggly yeah. injuries, and, and you're always just playing catch-up. Um, I remember a few players who like had a hamstring injury or, or done the knee ligaments when they come back, they pick up like calf injuries and other bits and bobs and, and then sometimes you try and do too much too soon or the manager will throw you in before you're 100% fully your fit mm-hmm. and then you pull up in, in them games, so I think if you, if you get lucky and miss injuries then you're not trying to catch up, you're not having a knock-on effect on your body or anything else, but... Mm. Again it's anyone get injured, it doesn't matter who you are or how fit you are, you do need to obviously get lucky because it can be from a tackle. Um I remember I didn't miss any games at all or had many injuries and I a bad tackle from Sam Byron at, at, again at Leeds. I like playing there and, uh, <laughs> and I'd done my ankle ligaments and that but that was through no fault of me all, nothing I'd done, that was that was just a tackle. Um but certainly when I tried to come back on I had a couple of other little niggly injuries and a knock-on effect from that. Mm. Um, so it, it is difficult and important to, to stay injury free, I think. And certainly, the older you get, the longer it takes to recover from games and stuff. Mm. So, um, but again, he, he knows how to look after himself, in the challenge, Doyle does so. Mm. Um, and uh, again, there's, there's players like Gareth Barry do as well. Mm. Certainly, playing in that holding midfield position as well, you're not, you not, you're not sprinting around all over the place or, or bombing on as like a winger or anything. So. Mm. you tend to see the players who do play in that position play a lot more games
0: But you, you're confident that Dole's got another couple of seasons in there? Yeah least? certainly yeah.
1: and I'm and speaking to him he's not looking to, to finish anytime soon and mm. I think everyone who you speak to I speak to Lee Carlsby a lot of players like that who have said just play as long as you can and, and your body will tell you obviously when mm. to finish and, and at the minute Dole's body is as, as good as a 20 year old he's, he's training he's always up the front and all the running so um, people just looking at age and as you mentioned it does frustrate me a little <coughs> bit um, certainly when we was doing pre-season at Portsmouth Doyle would be in the top three of every single run we have done and you'd have the young 18, 19, 20 year olds miles back so for me even though he might be 10 years older, 15 years older he's, he's still fitter and he's going to play more games mm-hmm. you only have to look at the stats if you look at how many games he plays um, I think the, the eldest five lads at Portsmouth when we got promoted eldest five lads playing more games than anybody else the body's more conditioned playing a lots of regular games whereas you get some younger lads who play play runner games and then pull up because the, the body's not used to it or it's not ready for it so um, yeah for me obviously with Robins as well he's brought quite a few older more experienced lads in so hopefully they'll they'll be able to put a good shift in and play a lot of games for them mm-hmm.
0: and one player that, um, that Dillon has taken under his wing a little bit is Mark McNulty who um, I think he helped settle in the summer because he, he put him up um, at his house for a while. But um, what, what do you think of, um, of Mark McNulty as a, as a player? Because you know he's got he's got pace, movement, you know, good brain, footballing brain, and stuff like that. Um, he looks like he's got all the attributes to to score twenty odd goals this season.
1: Yeah, well, I've not I've not seen loads of him, um, but obviously Doyle does does like him. I know Doyler spoke very highly of him, probably because he's been at Sheffield United with him, and then he's been at Portsmouth with him, and now he's at Coventry with him. So mm. um, they've obviously got a good relationship as well. Um, but I remember the day um, Mcnulty signed, and, and Doyle was phoning me, trying to get me to sign as well. But <laughs> He was saying, um, like, Bakes, listen, we've got Sparky, we've got Sparky, we've got Sparky, and um, he, he's an absolute great lad, he's a great finisher, he'll score 20-plus goals this season. so Lula knows him a lot better than me, and played him and trained him over a number of years, and, and he, was, he was so excited that, obviously, Robins had got him in, because I know he had a bit of interest off of other clubs, that mm. um, he, he was going to, obviously, score, score the goals that Coventry needed. Um, I think this season, the start of it certainly has been a little bit frustrating for him. He hasn't hit the ground running and he's picked up a couple of little niggly injuries, but I think throughout the course of the season he, he will become a big player for Coventry as soon as he gets a run of games and, and doesn't pick any silly injuries up and, and gets one or two goals then I think at this level certainly play with Coventry who create chances. He'll be he'll be a big, big player for them hopefully and, and like I say players there especially as I said that as well. So, mm. um, I've not seen too much of him myself but um, I, I know the highlights and the stuff I've seen and Obviously, previous clubs, he, he does look sharp and around the box and he's, he's obviously a great finisher so mm. fingers crossed that he can he can get over this little slight hamstring injury, injury I think he had and, and he's got to work hard now because Nazan's scoring and Bjarne's playing well so that, that might be what he needs, a bit of competition to, to obviously fight for his place and get back in the team and Mm-hmm. I think if he does start getting a couple of goals and a bit of confidence and a bit of bit of fitness, he will. I'm sure he will be uh, high up in Robin's Sports to to be a regular player. And one of the things
0: that's always impressed me, what impressed me this season about Mark is um, is the fact that you know that he he's had a couple of injuries I and mean, he had his teeth pushed in. He's, he had a fractured wrist, but he's desperate to play. You know, he he was he went against doctors' advice not to play and, and to and told the manager that I want to play and carry on playing and that and it's great when you've got players who've got that mentality that, that despite whatever they're carrying you know they want to get out of there
1: yeah he's probably asked for Doyle's advice and Dola's probably said oh, I'll just carry on and keep playing <laughs> <laughs> um, but no it, that, that's, that's great for me but obviously you get a lot of young lads who, who pick up a little tiny injury and then all of a sudden they don't want to play um, which, which frustrates me mm-hmm. but I think some people don't realise what the bodies are actually capable of. and um, so I didn't know that about McNulty, but again that makes me like him even more mm-hmm. if he's if he's it's it's not necessarily the right thing to do going against obviously physio's orders or whatever to, to not play, but if he's got that hunger inside him and, and he's obviously trying to play then it shows it shows the lad's attitude and, mm-hmm. and willingness and to go out there and, and I'm sure the Coventry fans will appreciate that and, and love that because that's what they're the type of players that they want to so obviously to go through blood sweat and tears mm. for the
0: bad really Now one player that, that Coventry fans haven't seen a great deal of but you played with last season is Tom Davis who they signed um, transfer deadline I think it was from Portsmouth and what, what, what can you tell us a little bit about him as a, both as a player and, and his character and what, you know, what are his strengths
1: um, <laughs> now, As a lad Tom's a very very good lad um, he loves all the bands side of it and Anytime you go anywhere for a game, of co- a game of golf, or a coffee, or, or whatever, he will always be the first to volunteer to be there. He's he's very sociable and like I say, he's a, he's a really good lad. He wants to do well and um, in training, he he is a lad who will put hundred percent in every single time he comes off. I've never seen anyone sweat like him in training. He comes off dripping in sweat and, and he is for me. He gets the most out of his ability because sometimes he, he's. He's not the best player on the ball but he will he will give 100% and, and for me even though there's players who've got more ability than him who don't give it 100% I, I like him and will play him before them just because you know he's, he's going to give you absolutely everything he's got and not leave anything out there. Um, in this league as well he's, he's very good in the air, he's a big strong lad, And um, he, he absolutely loves the tackle, loves the header. Um, this pre-season, I think he scored a couple of goals, and I right, whipped a couple of corners in, and and Tom's got his head on the end of both of them, and, and scored a couple of good goals, and, and defensively again, he's any ball that comes in, he's he's a hundred percent committed, and he's not one of these who's going to shy out or pull out of anything, and um, I think he was a little bit frustrated when I spoke to him last because. I think his last game for Coventry, he, he got man of the match, did he, and, and played really, really well. Yeah, and, against Carl. I think due to go
0: against Cambridge, and they got a sickness bug on the prom. Yeah,
1: so no, that that frustrates them mm-hmm. a lot because obviously going to a new club, you want to you want to obviously have a couple of good games and, and, and get yourself in the team. I think the reason he left Portsmouth was to play more regular football. So I don't think he'd be too pleased that obviously sitting on the bench at the minute. But the defenders there. Um, and mean, Rob MacDonald being being Coventry's best player this season, or one of them certainly, mm. in the games I've seen, um, I and mean, then obviously you've got the keeping clean sheets all the time to get in, but I think that Carlisle game, obviously getting man of the match and playing really well was, was exactly what he needed, so yeah. um, to pick up an illness, obviously, before the next game and, and get himself to back up the team for that reason, it's it's, it's hard for him to take in and i not frustrating him a little bit, but... Mm. Um, I'm sure the, the comedy fans seen you know, in that Carlisle game what he is capable of, and I think certainly for me when it comes to the last 10-20 minutes of the game, and as you've seen the, the port Paul and, and last night, he's a player who's who's vital to be on the pitch because you know for the fact he will he will head
0: and kick and block everything in, in his way really. Mm. And this it, uh, is just ask you a little bit about the manager, mm. and cause, you know, I know you've got a lot of respect for Mark Robinson having played. Under him then um, first time round, um, when he was at Coventry, and he made captain as well, didn't he? He did, he was yeah. Captain for the Arsenal game. He did, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I thought it was weird at first because obviously we walked into the changing rooms, and I think it might have been Mark's first game, um, but we we got in and all the kits out, and, and normally the armband, Andy Harvey would put the kit out and, and put the armband on on the peg. Obviously, he was captain. I remember walking in that day and, and seeing me shirt up and the and armband was over my peg. So I thought Andy had just like, lost his mind a little bit and had an off day and put it in the wrong place. So, yeah. And as obviously I've gone over to Andy and, and with the armband in my hands I passed him a back to say, you put this on my peg. And he's obviously said, no, I meant to. Like the, the gaffer told me to put it there. So... Um, obviously, till this day, I remember it very well. And the hair sort of stood up. All my family was there at that game. It was a big mm-hmm. occasion. And um, yeah, so it was it was one of the the game wasn't great in the end. Obviously, result wise. But but that personal moment for me, walking in and seeing the, the armband on on my peg there was was a great feeling. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think I them um, quite well for him since he was there and, and tried to do everything right with the armband on and off the pitch and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it and I thanked him when he left and obviously went to Huddersfield I, I gave him a message thanking him for, for obviously giving me that opportunity to, to, to captain a club like Coventry
0: What's he like as a manager because I mean he, he strikes me as sort of um, you know, quite a disciplinarian in, in, on one hand but, but also you know a good man manager on the other uh, has he got that sort of that blend just right
1: I think he has, yeah. Um, I got on really well with him, and, and Tails as well as assistant, um, so he was they was always great with me, and, and I know the other lads who were there at the time were playing for them. Um, he can come across, probably when you look at his face at times, as being quite miserable and, and quite angry, but that, that's not him at all. He's, he's similar to Doyle in a way. When it comes to the game and matches, he's 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 one person and obviously quite serious and strict. and. Then off the pitch again he'll he, he really be laughing and joking and, and having a good having a good uh, chat with you and stuff mm. so uh, a lot of people I'd say wouldn't see that side of him um, certainly when I've spoke to him over this summer I've had a, a bit of banter with him and, and a good few laughs and stuff and, and like I say it's it's refreshing to obviously see that side of him because not many people will see that side of him um, manager wise he's for me he's, he's he's one of the better ones I play for uh, because of his man management skills but Also tactically, um, tactically he's very good on the training ground. The sessions are very good, and doesn't leave no stone unturned. He goes into everything with a lot of detail, and um, he doesn't just pick a team. What he thinks he will, he will obviously pick a team to win that game. And um, Mm I think obviously he started off really well this season, and, and hopefully that will continue. But. Is for me. He's a winner. He loves to win. It no matter how you have to do it or what team you have to pick, whether it's nice football, or ugly football, or away mm. from home or at home. He's, he just wants to win at the end of the day, and mm. that's what it's all about. So, he um,
0: says he started off well. So hopefully that will continue. And there's, there's little things that perhaps the the fans don't always see. So little things just like I always think it's sort of you know just sort of a, a measure, of, uh, a manager's sort of standard really. I mean. The, the one thing he's insisted on is that all the players wear their suits on a match day, you know, rather than just sort of going yeah. off in their tracky bottoms or, what, or whatever. Um, it's little things like that, I guess, yeah, that make a difference. I
1: think just for me, it's just he's very professional again. And it's like on a match day, you certainly want to feel like it's a match day, not a training day. So you were coming to training Monday to Friday and you in your track suits and your casual gear. So um, I think you don't want to turn up. For me, turn up to a certainly a home game with yeah. your really tracksuits and, and getting that feeling as if you be going into training again, and when it's a match day and you've got to get suited and booted, then you, you actually you, you feel like you feel like it's a match day and and you, and you get a different feeling for it. So um, again, it, for me, it looks smarter as well. It's, it's, it's there's a lot of things that you can look into it, but I just think for the opposition when I played against teams and they turned up in suits a little bit more intimidating to be honest you, you mm. obviously know they're going to be well organized and well drilled and um, yeah so so for me it's probably more of an old school thing but i certainly definitely agree with it and um, so yeah but he, he, he probably will do a lot of things like that you mm. as soon as you went in he's he's changed all the training ground and he's he's changed certain things on the walls and, and stuff like that and um, he's changed all the food and I think the food's obviously gone up now. It's meant to be top notch at the training ground, which it's that, that for me is massive. The food is important as the training and what the lads are going to be eating. So mm. um, it just shows he cares and how professional he is, and it, obviously it's it's mainly focused on football. But if he can if you can get the best out of the players by by making the food better and, and painting the, painting the walls in the training ground to give it a better feel and making them wear suits for home games. It's all part and parcel of them getting in the players' heads and making them feel like they're at a professional club and, and that's the way it should be, really. Yeah. And we'll,
0: we'll talk about your new chapter in a minute um, of your career, but, but how close were you to coming back to the Sky this summer?
1: But it was virtually done. Um, we, we we sort of agreed a deal. Um, it was going on for a while. It was a long process, more so because I had to agree. Obviously, turning was important to leave, but... I spoke to, to Coventry quite early on and, and I knew there was an option for me there to, to be able to come back, which allowed me to sort of agree terms, and um, start well, started agreeing terms and to leave because I knew that was there for me, mm. um, so as the time went on and it was getting closer to agreeing terms, like I said, there was never really an issue with terms at Coventry, it was it, was, it would have been a dumb deal, mm. um, just up until really the last couple of days when, when I got a phone call. Obviously about about going over to India and and the opportunity that gave me and um, it wasn't something obviously that I took lightly. I had to sit down and and obviously get family and friends around me and ask for their opinions and I even asked Mark Robin to gave him a call and asked him. I obviously, told him the option that I had and stuff and, and I just said to him, "Listen, as sort of a friend more than obviously the Coventry manager. Like, I'm after some advice. Can you help mm-hmm. me? And I felt like I could talk to him that way." Um, because he gave me an honest answer and um, same with Doyle and uh, I know Doyle would, would be straight with me like I said earlier and maybe yeah. but, but obviously even though he was desperate to get me back, they, they both were desperate to get me back, and maybe that they would, would give me their honest advice and, and what do you think I should have done so obviously after weighing a few things up and going through a few things it just it just ticked a lot of boxes as the Coventry coming back um, but this was just at this moment in my career and, and I couldn't really turn back. Yeah. So yeah I ended up obviously going for that and it was difficult but I'm, I'm excited now obviously i can focus on that new chapter.
0: And I think you fly out the week on Sunday you okay. go?
1: Yeah I think it's yeah the beginning of October so um, I think we fly to Dubai first then on to India after that for 10 days um, and then back to Dubai for pre-season for a couple of weeks back up to India so a lot of travelling um, but I'm sure it'll all be exciting and just looking forward to it now, the last couple of weeks have been driving a little bit, it's, it's obviously great to go and watch yeah. the games and being able to go and watch all my lads football games and get to a couple of Coventry games and it's fantastic to be able to do that but I'm, I'm dying to play now, and I'm, I'm missing it, even watching the lads game last night, I was, I was standing there thinking I just want to game of football <laughs> myself. so I can't wait to get over there now.
0: And first match is quite a tasty one isn't it? Yeah, it's it's the
1: biggest game of the season, really. Um, I think it's the the team called Corral Blasters, who who the team I've signed for beat them in the, the Super League final last year on yeah. penalties. So I think there's a little bit of uh, animosity in, in the fixture after the after the last season's final. Um, I think the f- the fans, both of the teams, are getting the, the, the two biggest well supported teams out there. Um, they've got players like Dimitar Babitzoff and, and Wes Brown playing there. Rennie Mullerstein is the manager, so it'll be a good one to play in. It's, it's at our home ground mm. which is eighty-five thousand capacity. Um so it should be a good one. I think with it being the first game of the season there's there's a big opening ceremony with all the fireworks and the, the shebanger that goes with that, so I'm sure it'll be over the top over there, but it'll be it'll be nice to be involved in.
0: And team with Robbie Keane as well, you know, obviously a player that I'm sure you've admired over the years, you know, has a fantastic career hasn't it? I mean, it'd be it great. Yeah, it will be a few balls for him.
1: I'm looking forward to it. Um obviously being a Liverpool fan, he's he's a player who I've watched mm. a lot of and it'll be nice to play alongside him. Um, when Teddy Sherringham for me that was one of the first things he said was that I want you to, to play up front or so just off Robbie Keane and um, <laughs> so it was, bit, it was a bit weird to be fair at first but um obviously it's nice to, to be involved yeah. and I hear that so um they're putting us up in a hotel over there for the, for the whole duration of there, and, and Robbie and Connor and Thomas and that will be in the same hotel as well, so um, it'll be nice to be able to obviously spend a lot of time with them, and I'm sure we'll have a few games of golf on the off days, mm-hmm. um, we and we're all in the same boat, Teddy, Connor, Robbie and myself going over there as foreigners, obviously we don't really know what to expect too much, right. and, um, but at least we're, we're all in together and we'll be able to help each other through it. Do
0: you like Indian food?
1: I don't mind it, yeah, but I probably won't by the time I get back, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I'll be having the jars of curry no more, I think I'll be able to, by the time I get back, produce my own special ones, I've already got family and friends telling me when I come back I have, to, I have to rustle something up for them, so I'm sure,
0: uh, I'm sure I'll give it a go, but And talking about when you do come back, I mean, you know, whether that is you know, in 12 months' time or whether you stay on for a little bit longer after that... um. You know, do you like to think that the the doors are always open at King?
1: Yeah, I would like to think that. Yeah, um, certainly after chatting with with Mark, he, he sort of mentioned that there was always something going to be there for me while he was there, um, whether it be on the player side or, or on the fitness or scientific side of it as well. Um, I've done quite a few qualifications. I've got my, my nutrition uh, qualifications and, and my personal training degrees and stuff now, so. I am interested in doing something like that in the future but same as what I said earlier, obviously you want to play as long as possible and my body feels in great condition at the minute. I feel better now at 34 than I did when I was 24 so I'm not looking to, to finish any soon and, and hopefully if I can go over there and, and keep myself injury free and, and play a lot of games and come back with the same levels of fitness then I'll be looking to, obviously I'll sit down again and, and see what my options are but if Coventry is still an option then, then certainly it's something that I'd be definitely interested in. Um, just go from there really, but like you say it's, it's hard to obviously plan that far ahead just because you don't know what's yeah. going to happen in the meantime. I might go over there and, and absolutely love it and if I can get a second season out not there and, and it, it's available then I could take that option up or like you say I could come back and, and I've had enough and want to want to go on the other side of the, the staff really. Um, or like say come over here and, and keep playing, but I'm ninety nine point nine percent certain that if I did come back and, and stay playing in England it's the the only club I'll probably go to is Coventry I'm not looking to to go any more travelling or or living away from home or anything. So I uh, still obviously have a passion for Coventry so I feel obviously if we can still produce something and and, and play well and, and obviously help them then it's certainly something I'd be interested in doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, listen, Carl, thanks so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, we wish you all the best, and we'll be watching you from afar. And uh, I'm sure all the City fans will as well. I'm sure you'll be keeping in touch with them via social media, as you <laughs> always do. Yeah. But, uh, but good luck.
1: Top man. Thank you very
0: much. Cheers. Thanks, and Carl.